this afternoon we and we welcome our guests and visitors uh, to the parish, this uh, wonderful and beautiful parish. And uh, of course, you know, the reason it's uh, a wonderful parish is because it's made up of wonderful people. And that's what's wonderful uh, about this parish. So many people do so many wonderful things for others. And of, and of course, we uh, uh, welcome this morning at Mass, uh, this afternoon, uh, those who are on the Antioch weekend. And we, you're, I know we all pray for you. The Holy Spirit will watch over you and, and guide you in your prayers and your thoughts and what you're going to do with your life. You know, it's so important. You know, sacred scripture, the word of God is a two-edged sword. The minute we allow and allow God's word to enter our mind and our heart sincerely, openly, without pretense, without any conditions, the minute we allow that, we can never be the same again. Never. Because you see, the moment the Holy Spirit touches the mind and the heart, the Word of God, it changes us. It's like a sacrament changes us. And so it's so important that we know and read our sacred scripture. And you know how important it is at least to know one gospel. You know, St. Dominic, the great saint, uh, he always carried a copy of St. Matthew's Gospel with him and has said that he knew it by heart. So you might take, uh, you know, as a resolution, if you would, maybe this week, just to take one epistle or one Gospel and just read it carefully and slowly this week or for a couple of weeks. You don't have to rush. And every time you read scripture or every time you pick it up, pray to the Holy Spirit. Pray to the Holy Spirit. And then read slowly and carefully, thoughtfully. And when you're through reading, read again. Then pray again to the Holy Spirit. And if you have not read a gospel, I'd suggest that you might read one gospel. Some years ago, a lot of years ago, I guess, when I look back on it, um, the World War II had, had ended and we were out of the service, many of us, and, uh, back, and to college, you know, to go to college. And I had a friend of mine who uh, who came out of the service, he came out as a lieutenant, and he decided to keep his, uh, be active duty in, res in the reserves. And so, uh, when we got back, he, he was called back for the summer, for a summer encampment. And there he was diagnosed with a fatal disease. And uh, uh, they took him to uh, Heinz Hospital, the Veterans Hospital in uh, 
Chicago, outside of Chicago. So I went out, I went, uh, made an effort to uh, visit Bob, my good friend. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a, a, a hospital of labyrinthian wards, and at that time it was filled with uh, uh, the casualties of the war. And uh, so they told me what ward to go to, and I walked in this ward, and uh, I was intent in, you know, seeing my friend. I wasn't paying any attention. And I came up to the foot of the bed, and I looked down, and I knew this wasn't Bob McCullough. This wasn't my friend. That they sent me to a, made a mistake, sent me to a different ward. And suddenly, I noticed something. Everyone, every man in that ward was blind. And I noticed something else, that in that ward, the silence. The silence. I've never forgot that. And uh, I did find my friend and was able to be with him for a little while. You know, when we think of blindness, we can think of blindness in many ways. The blind and the ward. And I'm sure that if... Uh, <clears throat> Jesus came to that ward, they would say, I want to see. You know, that's, it's a beautiful picture, this, uh, the gospel today. Here is this uh, blind man sitting by the side of the road, begging. It's a beggar. And suddenly he, you know, he senses, he hears the, the sound, the crowd, and the word Jesus, and he cries out, Jesus, Son of God, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he kept crying out. Didn't stop. He had hope. Maybe something would happen to him. And then our Lord said, well, they, he, he knew he was crying out. People told him, this blind man, this beggar by the side of the road. And he said, well, call him, call him over. And then we have that wonderful words of Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? And notice something else, when that blind man stood up to go to Jesus, he threw his cloak away. In the Old Testament, one of the things that you could never do is take a man's cloak for a debt. And if you did, 
you had to return it at night because it was the only thing they could sleep in. So when he threw that cloak away, he threw away everything he had. Everything he had. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to see. And then we, we see the wonderful cure he could see. And then he followed Jesus. Now, all of us are on the road, the side of the road. And all of us, in a way, are beggars. Every one of us here. And what is, what is it if our Lord came to each one of us individually? What if he stood before you and he said, what do you want me to do for you? What would be the answer in your heart? What would you say? Well, only you can reach down in the depths of your heart as, as each one of us and know what we would say. What do I want? I think if, if we would have some common answer, we'd probably say, Lord, I want to be happy. I want to see. I want to understand. I want to know, I want to be happy. And not just happiness now, but Lord, I want to be happy forever. I think we'd all say that. I want peace. I don't want to hurt anybody. And I forgive anybody. I just want to be happy. So today, as we come to the Mass today to be nourished by the body and blood of the Lord Jesus, maybe at communion you might hear the words, what do you want me to do for you? Maybe you have an answer. Maybe you have an answer. God bless you.